It's time for Sex Talk with Lou. Lou Paget on Toginet. So, have you ever wondered if you're normal or why you feel distant from your partner? Why they keep doing that? Want to recreate a truly connected relationship? Or wondered, how do I tell my partner or kids about things? Then this is your chance to be a fly on the wall and learn about one of the most important parts of our health, our sexual health. Lou Paget is a certified sex educator, an international best-selling author, and not only will Lou and her guests discuss the most current research, they will put you at the head of the class on good, solid, scientifically-based information and how it will impact you and your family. Known for delivering information about sexuality and relationships, sans the sleaze factor, while retaining all the accuracy, fun, and the you're kidding factor. Let's get to it. Sex Talk with Lou on Toginet. And now, here's your host, Lou Paget. Uh, hello there, everyone. Welcome to today's show. And what I'm going to be talking about today is based on an article that I'm going to be writing for a magazine based in the, uh, in the Palm Beach area. And I'm going to be writing for them about health. And now this is their health issue. So I'm going to be obviously writing about sexual health. Now the demographic of this area in Palm Beach is you know, it tends to be an older demographic. The magazine is called, you know, uh, Amazing uh, 50, you know, Fabulous 50s, I believe it is, and Fabulous 50 Plus. And a friend of mine, Val Ramsey, is the editor of it, and we were speaking over the weekend on what, you know, what, what were the things that I would be including. And so I thought, I, as I'm writing this down, I thought, you know what? This is probably something that would be of interest to listeners as well. So let's just start with where my first musings went to. I'm looking at, for the majority of people, when they think about you know, their, their sexuality and they think about sexual health, the first thing that pops into their head is, what does their body look like? And... How is their body generally functioning? And this is when I would ask someone, I think it's time that people took back their health agency, meaning their ability to make their own decisions for themselves without feeling pressured, need to take this back from the, the medical world. Because in large part, I mean, iatrogenic, meaning caused by medicine, deaths, and injuries are going up every year as a result of the hospitals having, a uh, hospital is one of the worst places you could be if, you know, you're sick. You're surrounded by all kinds of bacteria. There's MRSA, which is methicillin, methicillin-resistant staph aureus, and that's as a result of the tremendous overprescribing of antibiotics and antibiotics in our foods. So what I ask people to do is do something and become your own advocate relative to your general health. Do a review of what is, you know, because if you are, if, you, if your body is, you know, not functioning the way that you want, 
chances are it can heal itself if you give it a chance to do so. And, you know, if you are eating processed foods, and lots of them, you are going to be having inflammation in your body, whether it's in your joints, whether it's in your gut, whether it shows up as a rash on your, you know, skin. You are going to have things present themselves because of how you are treating your body. But I want people to look at, if you are taking some medications, ask yourself, do I really need to be taking these? Is there, or is it that someone is just trying to, you know, their, their job is to prescribe? I think that the majority of physicians are good people. I think there's no question that they have literally been turned into prescribing shills for pharmaceutical companies. And the majority of times for people, if they ask another question or they ask, what are, the, what are other things that I could be taking? Are there other things that I could do? And go and see if you can find a functional medicine doc. That will be someone who will help you look at lifestyle choices that you've made or your entire... So they're not just looking at your skin. If you just went to a dermatologist, they tell you about your skin. Well, okay, that's great. Yet what you really, and you don't want to have something just topically put on top of something. You want to know what are the things you can do to change why this is happening. I remember this one gentleman who I was golfing with, and he said, you know, he said, I felt really silly. He said, I went to the, you know, to my doctor and told him, you know, every time I, you know, eat this particular thing, I get heartburn. And he said, the doctor's comment was, well, stop eating the damn stuff. And, I mean, where is the common sense that people don't function with common sense? So here's what I, you know, in this sexual health for, you know, a generation that might be, you know, 50s, 60s, 70s, what, what are the meds you are taking? And do you need to take all of them? You may not. And you may find and ask what the side effects are. And I will bet you the majority of physicians won't be able to tell you. So you need to be your own health advocate in this one. So, you know, and, and for some of the people at a certain age, and a friend of mine is going to have surgery because of they're telling her that she has a, you know, a form of uh, a malignant cancer and she has to have this done and she has to have this done. And, and you know, there's an age over about 65 to 70, where they just, they listened to everything that doctors told them. Doctors were sort of like, you know, it was gospel truth. Fortunately, we are now of an age where we are questioning what we are being told and wanting to find out things that are more for us specifically. Uh, Marcia Angel, who is the former editor-in-chief of the New England Journal of Medicine. In 2003, she wrote a book, The Truth About Drug Companies, and it's chilling. And just saw another book where we're talking about what are, you know, how are you going to keep your sexual health intact? You're, you're going to become your own advocate. No question about that. So, secondly, there's no doubt 
that our bodies are different than when they we were 20 or 30 or 40. And, and these things are just a natural maturation of your body. But you can still maintain a very healthy, sexually healthy body. You just have to know that you do not have to buy into the story of, well, I guess, you know, this is, um, uh, at this age, this is what's going to happen. You know what, if you think it's going to happen, what was it that Ford said? And he was a, what a, not not a nice guy, but uh, Ford, who started the Ford Motor Company, he said, you know, if you think you can or you think you can't, either way, you're right. It is about how you think. And I was doing a seminar for a large group of ladies this past uh, Saturday night, and one of the things that they really wanted to know is what are the things that other people are doing? And when someone, you know, is saying, well, I'm this age and I do uh, this, that, and everything else, telling you that your age is a particular, you know, uh, benchmark at, that at that point you aren't going to be doing something, that's absurd. I had a session with a woman two weeks ago, and she is in her mid-60s, and she said she is having the best attracted to someone sex she's ever had in her entire life. And she has always enjoyed sex, but she said this was an attraction. She said, I did not expect this to happen like that. So, you know, and that's the thing. When you are starting something new, you're a beginner, and that's what I told her. So sometimes, depending on where you are in your life, you may be single, you may be caring for someone who is not well, and that's a, you know, that's a problem if someone has, I remember speaking with one woman, and her comment was, I want to be with someone, but she said, I'm stuck in sort of like, you know, this quagmire between... I'm not widowed, I'm not divorced, and her husband has deep, deep Alzheimer's, does not recognize anyone, not her, not her children, and he's institutionalized. So she said, I'm stuck sort of in the middle, and I can't, I want to be in a relationship, I want to be sexual, I want to be with someone, yet because of her husband's you know, health conditions, she can't do anything, you know, more. And she feels sort of like stuck. She said, I can't approach someone. I can't tell them I'd like to do something. Because for sometimes for people, they are not interested in, you know, being with someone who, you know, they don't want to think that they're being, you know, unfaithful. Yet, I mean, I think it was Sandra Day O'Connor's husband who was institutionalized because of Alzheimer's. And he fell in love with another woman who was at the institute, institution that he was at. Now, they were still married, but he had, you know, his world, his mental world had shifted and moved to something else. And I can only imagine how painful that must have been for her. Yet, it was the reality of what was going on. So, you know, we're, we're talking here about the sexual health issues that you need to be aware of as you age, 
the things that you can do, some things that are more beneficial for you, and we're going to cover that. We're coming up to our first break here in, in 30 seconds. So if you have any questions about this or anything that I say within any of these programs, please just send me an email to office at loupaget.com, and that's L-O-U-P-A-G-E-T dot com. And I do not have a staff that answers this. I answer all of my own questions. So when we come back, I'm going to be talking about the things that you can do to improve and increase your sexual health as you age. Here come the tunes. This is Sex Talk with Lou on Toginet with your host, Lou Paget. Techniques and tips are her specialty. She delivers bite-sized chunks of information you can use right away that work. So stand by for more sex talk when we get back after these. This is Sex Talk with Lou on Toginet.com. With such good medicine, ancient Greek physicians sent their patients to visit comedians to be healed. In the 1300s, surgeon Henry D. Mondeville used to tell jokes to his patients in the recovery room. Dr. Mondeville must have been a bit of a vitzel such. That's a person who tells jokes and no one ever laughs. We laugh six times more when in the company of another person than we do by ourselves. And 30 times more when we are in a group. Laughter isn't under our conscious control. If you've ever started cacinating at school, in church, or at a funeral, you know what I'm talking about. Cacinating is another word for uncontrollable laughter. It's I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. Have you ever felt that you're too busy to exercise? That is a common excuse and one that is used quite often. But the reality is we make time for what is important to us. We all get 24 hours in a day, and it's simply a matter of prioritizing and managing your time. If you have time to watch your favorite television program, get a manicure, or read a book, you have time to exercise. I always encourage my clients to exercise first thing in the morning, if possible. Roll out of bed 30 minutes earlier, put on your exercise clothes, and head outside for a brisk walk or run or head to the gym. Get it done early before the demands of the day interfere with your exercise schedule. Starting your day off with exercise is energizing, invigorating, and mood-enhancing. For the Fitness Minute, I'm Annette Hammett. Welcome back to Sex Talk. Imagine having access to some of the best experts in the field of sexuality and sexual health so you can finally ask that question. Be it function, sensation, or something you've heard, this is the spot. It's Sex Talk with Lou on toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lou Paget. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. In this show, I'm going to continue to speak about the uh, outline that I'm going to be doing for, for an article in uh, Fabulous 50, Fabulous 50 Plus, uh, Palm Beach 
uh, Florida magazine for a very targeted demographic. It's their health issues. So I'm going to be writing about sexual health. So before the break, what I was talking about is getting your body so that it's functioning and being your own advocate about your health. Are you on the right meds? Maybe you don't need to be taking as many because every single medication you take changes and impacts what happens throughout the rest of your body. So if you, uh, you know, do a review of things and go, you know, let me sit down and question what, how I am treating my body. So here's the other thing. Just when I, before I left for the, the first break, I talked about some of the things that you can do to get you in better sexual health shape. Because we, you know, we've had a number of years of living. By the time you're 50 or 60, you've lived a lot of life. And you may have put a lot of money in the bank as far as working out on a regular basis. Good for you. Or you may not have. And, but there's no time like the present to come and get, put yourself back into good shape. It's, it's really quite easily done. So whether that's starting up and just use as an example, people say, oh, I'm so out of shape. Well, you know, here's, use Petra Murgatroyd as an example. Here she is. She is uh, an athlete. She is a dancer on Dancing with Stars. She has won that mirror ball twice. And she had a baby two months ago, two and a half months ago. And she said she could not believe what her body went through. And she said for, you know, right after she had her son, she said, I couldn't even do one sit-up. So thinking that, you know, you have to be at a certain level or you have to have had that before, not necessarily. The more active you can be, the better for your hips, your knees. And I often watch... When I see people walking, you can tell where they're holding something in their body. And, you know, it may be something that they've hurt a hip or they've, you know, a, an injury. But there, there's also, if you have that, you may not be able to, you know, use particular positions sexually. Or you may need to use something to hold you a little more stable if you feel that, you know, you, you might do something with your back. <clears throat> but here's the thing that I want also for everyone to know is, yeah, your body's not the same as it was. And I love Jennifer Garner's comment. People keep saying, oh, you know, there's a baby bump. And she said, look, I've had three children. There is a bump. It's just that way. So, you know, get over it. <laughs> it's like, stop. And the, the thing about this is, you have to have a form of your own feeling about, you know, as I call it, your own sexual agency. Knowing what it is you would like to do and that you would like to try. And if you are going into a new relationship, the way this, this woman was, it's like realizing that it's about the two of you being able to communicate. As one OBGYN said to me, when you are making love to someone, it is your body saying what words cannot. So keep that in mind when you are, you know, wanting to try something. And if you share with a partner, it may be a long-term partner, I'd really like to try this. And sometimes 
people get shy if they've been with someone for an extended period of time and they go, oh, I, you know, never really want to, you know, you know, try that again. I, I, you know, you may have tried something, you know, 20 years ago. It didn't work then or it wasn't your favorite then, but maybe it is or could be something for you now. Many of these people who are in this demographic um, have, you know, they have uh, free time and they have a lot more ability to focus on themselves. So when I ask them to, you know, to do something, it's about having the attention that they pay to one another. And that is, I mean, I know it's one of the most seductive behaviors that you have, you paying attention to someone. That is, and your, your health, your sexual health is in so many different areas. It's your body, it's your attitude, it's your mental health, it's how you are feeling emotionally. It's a range of different things. It isn't just, you know, a functioning genital tract. I mean, if that were the case, which is often what it ends up being, people think that that's the only thing. We all know that it is like a symphony to have yourself to be attracted to someone, to when you want to um, get yourself turned on. Your, your most powerful sexual organ is between your ears. And if you are interested and you want to do something, you will make it happen. Here's the other thing. If, you know, are you even interested in being sexual? So your sexual health may, may be more about just wanting to emotionally be with someone and or, you know, it may not even include having sex. And you define sex the way you want, not the way someone else does, okay? Because, the, you know, this, the women that I was speaking with on Saturday, you know, one woman finally, and there was one woman who, uh, her husband apparently only thinks that, you know, that she should be deep-throating constantly during oral sex. And that's the only thing. And then he also, <laughs> I was thinking to myself, I don't know how this has happened. He also wants her to take both of his testicles into her mouth at the same time. And, you know, I'm thinking, at what point are you going to be, like, gagging to the point you know, you, you can't breathe? And yet another woman at the end of it, she said, I hope for some of these women that they will realize that they need to be in control of their own sexual life, not just what their partner wants. And because at this point, this, the, the woman whose husband only wants deep-throating, she said, I, you know, is there something else? And there are ways to do things so that it isn't just that. But he won't, he won't expand what he wants for him. And that, in my definition, is the definition of a selfish partner. And it, it's, it, it's okay if that works for both of them, but I, you know, she had had, you know, quite a few cocktails, so she was very straightforward with what was going on with them. And if for anyone who has ever done any of my seminars, I never say who's been to my seminars, ever. I am the bank vault. You won't find out for me, 
Uh, you won't find out from my partner. You won't find out from my twin sister or my agent. You will not find out. If someone else wants to talk about it, fine. But here's another thing that people have to look at is when we talk about your sexual health in attitude, there's a woman who I did a session with, and she was very concerned. She's divorced. Uh, pardon me. She's widowed. He's divorced. Brand new relationship. And she said, I'm really worried that, you know, this is, you know, one of the, you know, it's, it's a deadly sin. And I said, what are you talking about? And she said, well, it's a deadly sin. Lust is a deadly sin. And I said to her, who told you that? I said, you being tremendously attracted to this new person in your life is not a deadly sin. That's called, I'm really attracted. I said, you need to rewrite that program because otherwise you're not going to give yourself the opportunity to really explore what's happening in this relationship. You're going to end up, you know, thwarting what could be a great relationship. So the other thing when it comes to your sexual health attitude is are you, do you feel good about yourself? Many times people will, they'll have a, um, uh, an exterior look of, yeah, everything's great, I'm having a marvelous time, when in all actuality they aren't. And, or there's something subconscious going on which gets in the way of their ability to connect with someone. And if, from a sexual health standpoint, if you have an attitude of you don't like your partner or you're really pissed off at them, do you think that that's going to be something that will move forward for you in a relationship? No. And if your sexual health attitude is that you don't trust a, you know, you don't trust women or you don't trust men and you're trying to, you know, make a connection with someone, uh, it's going to show up in some way that you don't trust them. So you've got to clean out the baggage. And as I say, you know, your sexual health attitude with if you have baggage, I, I think that's fine, but you're only allowed, you don't have, there's no, you know, steamer trunks allowed, okay? Do not even bother bringing that on. No railway cars full of old baggage. You are allowed two carry-on pieces alone. That's it. Two carry-on, and your carry-on will include only those good things that you learned in relationships. Because most people, we do learn when we're in relationships, and the biggest person we learn about is ourselves. Now, when I come back, I'm going to be going over um, some more things in your mind and your attitude, and what happens if you don't have a partner. So please stay with me. I'll be back right after these messages. Take care, and I'll be returning with more goodies for you. Sex 
Talk with Lou on TogiNet. With your host, Lou Paget. techniques and tips are her specialty. She delivers bite-sized chunks of information you can use right away that work. So stand by for more sex talk when we get back after these. This is Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet.com. about the hound dog that participated in a 13-mile race in Elkmont, Alabama? According to Runner's World, the two-and-a-half-year-old hound dog named Ludivine was just horb-gorbling in her backyard when she heard the runners lining up for the trackless train track half-marathon in the distance. Somehow, she found her way to the starting line and began sprinting alongside the other runners. According to Keith Henry, the winner of the race, Ludivine cut in front of him and the other runners several times. They had to be careful not to trip over the pooch. As it turned out, Ludivine crossed the finish line in seventh place with a time of one hour and 33 minutes. According to her owner, that was a pretty impressive showing for a normally scabberlotcher dog. Scabberlotcher is another word for lazy. It's I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. Even with all the research that's available to us, I still hear women ask if weightlifting will make them masculine. The truth is, rather than causing women to build bigger muscles, weight training generally creates a tighter physique. Doing weights properly and consistently will give you firmer legs, shapelier and sculpted arms, in addition to a flatter abdomen. When I am working with women clients, we always include weightlifting in our fitness program because instead of making them look bigger, we sculpt their body to make them look smaller and tighter. Men, on the other hand, have much more testosterone than women, and when men lift heavy weights, they actually grow larger and stronger. It's been said that women produce one-tenth of the amount of testosterone that men produce, so the effects of weight training are very different. Include weightlifting in your daily exercise and enjoy the results. I'm Annette Hammond. Welcome back to Sex Talk. Imagine having access to some of the best experts in the field of sexuality and sexual health so you can finally ask that question. Be it function, sensation, or something you've heard, this is the spot. It's Sex Talk with Lou on toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lou Paget. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. We're talking about sexual health in <clears throat> a population 50 and over, which is I'm going to be drafting an article for this magazine in, um, that's in Palm Beach. And one of the other things people also have to be aware of is as your body matures and learns it likes particular things more, so does your sexual body. You, you know, it, your appetite, sexuality is an appetite. And sometimes it wants, you know, appetizers, sometimes it wants an entree, sometimes it may want dessert, sometimes it may want all three but it doesn't necessarily mean, you, you know, you always want the same thing every day. I use the analogy of, you know, even if you have the best sex every single day for, you know, uh, a month, at the end, of, you know, if it's the same thing every day, you're going to want something different. And one of the women was talking about her um, ex-fiance 
who had, would never allow her to do oral sex on him. And he would always do it to her. And one of the other women says, oh, my God, that's so marvelous. He was doing She goes, you know what? After a period of time, she said, it was really boring because I wanted to be able to do something for him. And that's the other thing is that we learn about the reciprocity of the give and take through our own, you know, for many people, one of the nicest and best things about being intimate with someone is knowing you can create that amount of pleasure for them. And that's what she said. She said, he didn't want me, and, and I asked her, I, you know, he wasn't there to ask the question of, but it may very well have been that he had received a message that it's not okay to do that. You only, you know, only, you know, uh, certain women do that, or somewhere he downloaded a message that that was not okay. And I use the example of, a man who got trapped into a marriage as a result of a woman getting pregnant. And his girlfriend said, you know, he will not ejaculate inside of me. She said, he just won't. And I just looked at her and I said, who trapped him into a marriage? And she was like, whoa. She said, his first wife. I said, yeah. I said, that's probably why. I said, his own body will not allow him to do that because of, you know, and as I talked about before, you may have a conscious thought about you might want to try something, but there may be a subconscious one, and that's the thought that's really running you. Now, if your sexual health is something you are interested in, watch what foods you're putting into it, okay? The better the food is, the better your body's going to operate. It'll be better for everything. And the other thing is how do you have something to look forward to when you are with someone? If you're not interested in being with them, then who cares whether or not, you know, you could be in the best shape ever and, you know, most amazing, but you're not interested, period. That, again, is, you know, the appetite thing, the six inches between your two ears. Your, your brain and how you feel about it is, that's going to be your indicator. If you would like to change an attitude you have about something that, you know, my body's not okay, or I think there's something wrong with my genitals, um, I think my labia are too big. One of the, I mean, and that's what many of these uh, laser vaginal rejuvenation, that's what they prey on, is that women have been programmed to not feel okay about their bodies. And many of these women were saying, you know, that their sister, you know, had had something done where, you know, they delivered a child and they, you know, feel, you know, the laxity of the tissue in the vaginal vault. Well, what also they can do, they, there are different things that can be done that can improve the, the health of those tissues. One of them is PRP, platelet-rich plasmapheresis. So if you are, uh, you, you go to an MD, it's a, a fairly straightforward. It's, this is something that has been used in dentistry and in orthopedic surgery for years. And it's you, you platelet, meaning part of the blood, so it's a blood draw. Your own blood is drawn, and then it is put into a centrifuge. That's the phoresis part of it. It's spun, you know, like at high speed separates out the different types of um, components of the full blood. The platelets 
are removed. They're mixed with an, um, uh, a compound that sort of like energizes it, and then it's re-injected back into your body. So it's your own tissue coming back into you. So there's no rejection. There's no problem with that. And it can be injected into the uh, vaginal area to improve the strength of the PC muscle, to improve the uh, increase the uh, buildup of the labia, if the labia have gotten, you know, very thin, or also the introitus. And that's the area that for many women after perimenopause and menopause, that area, the tissue gets very thin and what they call friable. So it splits. And that's why for many women, if they are not having any form of hormonal supplementation of their choice, whether whether it's oral, whether it's topical, that tissue, the vaginal tissue with the drop of estrogen, it thins out quite dramatically. And that's when it becomes so painful. So making sure that you've got something, and, and really no amount of lubricant can change that sensation. I mean, it literally feels like getting cut with a knife, as one woman described it. So you may want to look at, A, doing something other then intercourse, if it's too painful, m- most partners do not want you to be uncomfortable. And if they do, well, that's not a, that's not a very considerate partner, truly. Um, that's someone who's interested only in themselves. So at which point you may want to have a further conversation about that. Now, the other thing that you can use are products that are um, more naturally based, whether it is essential oil-based. Many times people don't want to use something that's hormonal. So you can check out olgasecret.com, and that is a great product line that she created. It's called um, Inner Intimates, and what uh, vaginal, re- uh, vaginal renewal complex. And it is a terrific compound for people who, if pain has been an issue, um, and you want to rejuvenate those tissues. Now, as I talked about before uh, the break, when you're going into a new relationship or when you're creating new in your sexual health, remember you're looking forward. Don't look back. The thing about this is if you're thinking only of the things that have happened before, you're not going to be able to create new. You're just going to stay stuck in the past. And for many people, when they get to a point in their lives where they may have been divorced, they may have been widowed, they want to create something that makes them feel good about themselves. And, you know, a new sexual partner, if you didn't, you know, let's say you, you know, have, you know, you don't, you don't have one right now. Well, actually you do. You have yourself. And with yourself, you can learn many of the things that you like to do, you know, for you. Uh, There's also a whole different range of couples, products that are, that can be used together and they can be used with, um, with a partner who's there or you can use one it's called from WeVibe called SYNC, S-Y-N-C. And it is something that you and your partner don't even have to be in the same city because you can operate it with an app on your phone. 
which will, so the partner can be, you know, the partner could be in Denver and you could be in, somewhere in Utah and via your phone and that app, they can be operating this vibe for you. It can also, sync can also be worn between, you know, so that intercourse can occur at the same time that the vibe is being worn by the woman. So the clitoral vibration is there, G-spot vibration, and then the partner can enter. There's another product <clears throat> out from a group called DAME, D-A-M-E, out of New York. And DAME is a tiny little vibe that sits inside of the labia. It look, looks almost like, like it's got little little wings on it, which it does. It's sort of got these little four little little wings that go out. They would go inside of the outer labia and position it so that it goes over the top of the clitoris. And then you could have it on, I think it's got three or four different speeds that you can use. And what it does is it's totally out of the way of, you know, it doesn't interfere with uh, penetration, but what it does do is it, as these women said, close the gap between what is being done for stimulating the woman and what is stimulating the man. And here's the, one of the big disconnects that occurs, and people have to understand this. For men, the action of going in and out is the action that does it for them. And they are often told by men that the in and out action, but what they see in porn, what they see elsewhere, that's the number one thing that's going to be doing it for the woman. Couldn't be further from the truth. Majority of women do not do, you know, they need to have direct clitoral. So that's why Eva uh, from Dame is one of the neatest new little couples toys that I have seen in a long time. Uh, again, you can, you can order these things all online. And um, when we come back, I think we're coming up to my, the final break here. There is uh, another product called Fixation. It looks like a little garter belt. You've got two little straps front and back, and it holds the little vibe in place on the clitoris. I think it's got nine uh, different settings, and it was designed by a woman because she couldn't, she wanted to come at the same time as her husband. We're coming up to the tunes, and I'll come back after the break and talk more about fixation. <laughs> Here are the tunes. This is Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet with your host, Lou Padgett. Techniques and tips are her specialty. She delivers bite-sized chunks of information you can use right away that work. So stand by for more sex talk when we get back after these. This is Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet.com. Welcome to TogiNet, radio with a cutting edge. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. A hundred years ago, only about 10% of adults were overweight. But today, an estimated 61% of Americans are overweight. Yet we have the same genes as our ancestors. What's changed isn't our genes, but our lifestyle. Our lives have become more sedentary, and our daily activity level has decreased for the days of our past relatives. We have loads of unhealthy processed food and easily accessed fast food. 
ultimately, your behavior determines the number on the scale. If you choose healthy, low-calorie food and exercise, you can lose weight or maintain your present weight. Choose the right behaviors and reap the rewards of a healthy lifestyle. Stay active, eat light, nutritious food, and watch your health increase as your weight decreases. For the Fitness Minute, I'm Annette Hammond. Welcome back to Sex Talk. Imagine having access to some of the best experts in the field of sexuality and sexual health so you can finally ask that question. Be it function, sensation, or something you've heard, this is the spot. It's Sex Talk with Lou on toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lou Paget. Hello, everyone. Thank you for coming back. Um, and joining me now is before the break, I was talking about fixation. And that's uh, spelled F-I-X-A-T-I-O-N. And it was designed, and, and these products that I'm talking about, the WeVibe Sync, the Dame Eva, and fixation, uh, when I was presenting them on Saturday, what I realized is all the products that I was showing, they are all products that got designed and developed by independent smaller companies and, and smaller groups who saw that there was something, you know, there's thousands of sex toys on the market, literally thousands. And the majority of them, you know, kind of fall into, you know, either, you know, a vibratory toy, the biggest category of all is lubricants, but these were all developed by someone who saw that there wasn't something in the market that was what they wanted. And this, um, the fixation one, is a classic. This is a woman, she and her husband both work, they have two, uh, two or three children, busy lives, and, but she said, I wanted to be able to orgasm with him. But she said, I knew that I needed to have a, uh, you know, to have clitoral stimulation because the thrusting wasn't the thing that was doing it for me. And that's where and why she designed it so she could wear it. And the easiest way for her to wear it was, again, and she wanted to be able to have penetration. So she would straddle her husband on a chair or, you know, on the top of the bed, but it would allow her to position the vibe clitorally so it worked better for her. And that was the thing that... Um, created the Dane, you know, Eva being developed. These two, one has a master's, I believe it's a master's in marketing, and the other has a degree in uh, either mechanical or electrical engineering. So they knew what they wanted, and they knew it wasn't out there, so they did it themselves. And they ended up having one of the fastest crowdsourcing for a you know small company, and they were the first one in the area of adult toys. No, you know they never had something uh, fundraising for that, and they raised uh, a record amount, understandably. In I think it was like in first month they had five hundred and thirty-eight thousand dollars. So one of the things that you can actually do when you're with a new partner or when you're creating this new phase of 
sexual health, whether, you know, you know sexual health 2.0, whatever you prefer to call it, is you may know that your body needs more intense stimulation. You may know that, you know, as a result of perimenopause or of a medication you're taking or uh, in full menopause, you do not have the same sensation and sensitivity that you used to. So you need a different form of stimulation. Also, for many parts, here's one thing that I always tell people when they're going back into uh, the dating world, particularly for women. Please do not have sex right away. Please. That is thinking that you are going to, um, he is going to be overwhelmed by the fact that, you know, he, he, he had sex with you on the first date. No, that just means you had sex on the first date, and even if it is the first time you've ever done it, he, he won't believe it, even if it is, you know, God's honest truth. More women make that mistake when they go back into the dating world that they have sex way too soon. And it doesn't make them feel good about themselves because they think that there may be something else coming because of that, and invariably there isn't. So where do you go to find a new partner? Well, you know, like any time that, you know, you are looking for a partner, you can do it through friends, possibly. You can do it online, possibly. But what you also have to, you know, it, it is a new way of meeting people, but it also means you, and if you have the intention of meeting someone and if you have the intention for yourself of being, you know, upfront and straightforward, chances are you will find someone who is the same. Uh, but if someone starts telling you a big sad sob story and, oh, I, you know, I lost my wife and I lost my child and they've got all this drama going on, you might want to be a little suspicious of this. There are many times that there are the manipulative guys online who fool women into thinking, you know, this is... Uh, um, and I'm poor, poor me, and then they start asking for money. It's like, I don't think so. If you have been smart enough, do not buy into that. Do not go there. Another thing that I suggest when you're talking about your sexual health, protection. Because if you are new and going back into, you know, dating world, yes, it is very different, but it also is you have to take care of your own sexual health, and that means whether it's a barrier method, whether they're wearing a condom, whatever it may be, because there's a, there's a reason why one of the fastest growing populations of HIV, when HIV was first you know diagnosed, was the mature woman over over 60 in Florida because they were having sex with men without protection. These men were having sex with whomever they wanted because there were more women than there were men, and these women weren't worried about getting pregnant, but they were getting STIs, sexually transmitted infections, and one of those being HIV. So you need to, I mean, and if someone doesn't tell you, um, you know, if you're gonna be sharing your body with someone, really, it behooves you to make sure you're sharing it with someone who deserves it, not just because, you know, they can. And it, sometimes 
men have to be, a partner has to be taught or be given, you know, direction by you as to what you would like. And it isn't only about them. If someone is only about them, you know, that's okay. But they, not, they, but they are not likely going to be doing things for you. Okay? I also, when uh, sometimes women just want to have a partner, you know, for, for sex. They don't want to be in a relationship. They don't want to remarry. And I found that out at a dinner party with, uh, you know, so your sexual health may be something that you just enjoy sex and you don't, want, you, know, you don't want to have to have the commitment of a relationship. And there were seven women at the table, and the daughter of one of the women said, if you got, you know, if you got divorced or if your husband died, would you remarry? And every single one of them said no. And these were women who were in their 50s and 60s, and they just said no. They, they wouldn't. And the reason was, you know, I don't want to be, one woman said, I don't want to be a nurse, and I don't want to be a purse. And, but she did want to have companionship. Woman this past weekend, she said, I got married at, you know, a certain age. She said, I had a big career. I had all of this stuff. And she said, and I married, you know, the person who was my best friend, who I, you know, loved dearly. But she said, I wouldn't get married again. She said, nope. She said, I've already done that. She said, I, I, I wouldn't. And there's also being married it takes on a very different reason when you're older. For some people, they want to have, you know, a companionate marriage. So that's more, you know, having someone around. So sexual health is not, not something that's really going to be discussed or talked about. And what you want for most people is you want love, okay? I mean, and that's the component part that I haven't even spoken about here. People want to love and they want to be loved. And the essence of all of us is that. And knowing that you have the capacity to first love yourself, then you're better able to love someone else. But if you are someone who the reason you are staying in a relationship or are looking for a relationship is you need that to make you be whole, nothing's going to fill a, you know, a hole that's in your, in your opinion of yourself. Nothing. You have to make yourself feel complete. And the more you're complete, the more you're going to be attractive to people. People who are enjoying themselves and moving forward in their lives, that's what people find attractive. That is what makes you magnetic. Not that you are, you know, oh, woe is me. So, you know, when it comes to your sexual health, as you get, you know, as you mature and you get older, you got to make sure you're taking care of your body and feeding it the right things, working it out. Make sure that you, even if that's walking somewhere, do it. If it's a rebounder, do something. Stretch in the morning. Do yoga. Do some meditation. Have a little clarity of the vision of what you want in your life. Have some purpose on it. Now, you know, Make sure you check the meds. Are you, do you really need to be taking um, all the medications or any medications? You may or you may not. Up to you. But be your own health advocate. Find a functional medicine doctor to help you 
if you want to, you know, look at a range of different things. Find out, you know, get some new ideas. You know, my, the, you know, Great Lover Playbook got created because people said, people must share everything with you. And I said, yeah, they kind of do. And so that is where that book, you know, the 365 Days of Sensational Sex, Great Lover Playbook, that's how that book got created. It's the attitudes, the behaviors, the toys, the things that people do who are in long-term relationships that keep them connected, mainly because they want to. And, you know, your body may want something different. So check into that. You have to maybe have to do, a, you know, a reboot of some attitudes about sexuality. You may have to get rid of some things that, oh, only certain people would do that or judgmental attitudes. Many women will think, oh, I don't want to do anything, you know, I might want to try anal sex. Many men are like, oh, God, if I want to try anal sex, it means I'm gay. No, it doesn't. It just means, you know, you might want to try that. You don't have to have you know, a type of sex to know you're gay. If you're gay, you know you're gay, period. If you're going forward in a new relationship, only bring forward the thoughts and attitudes that you know that make you happy. Don't stay stuck in the past. If you don't have a partner, you can find online, you can do whatever, but be clear about what you want. You may or may not want to be in a relationship. You may just want to be sexual with someone or someone's, you know, your choice. You may want to have a plethora. Check out Fixation, Sync, and the Eva from Dane. And as I say, have a fabulous week. If you have any questions, Lou at Lou Paget or Office at Lou Paget, and I answer all of my own questions. Nobody answers them for me. So thank you so much for being with me, and I will talk with you next week. Bye for now. for being a part of Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet with host Lou Paget. Every week, this will be your chance to be a fly on the wall and learn about one of the most important parts of our health, our sexual health. Join Lou Paget 